Now, I'm getting ready to talk a little bit uh, about a word I mentioned the last time I talked and I got some weird looks. And I understand why those looks came because I said, I want to be rich. And when I said that, people like, huh? You know, it was a little bit like uh, Scooby-Doo or something. Not sure what I was saying. I want to explain that today. But on the back side of this, I want to I encourage you if you haven't seen it, a lot of you may not be on social media or whatever, but if you haven't seen the invitation to Money Masters, I'm encouraging you to take it. Money Masters is so important because it's a program written from the kingdom point of view, and there, there, there's, no, there's not another one like it. And that seminar that's coming up on the 26th is an introduction to your wealth journey. It's an introduction to your wealth journey. So um, you can go to you can go to Eventbrite. You can go to uh, Martin Williams International. Uh, the website. You can go to uh, you know uh, Facebook. All the links. They're everywhere. So go and consider being a part of that as your life gets better. Amen. Father, bless us and bless the word today so that we can comprehend and understand what your plan for our life is. That we can live in the glory and the splendor of how you have designed us. And we just give you thanks for that. Amen. Say amen, everybody. Good. I hope you have your notebooks and your Bible. I don't want you to, uh, again, I want you to read. I want you to read. I want you to read. Hey, Arnold, I see you. I know we're on TV, but I don't, it's good to see you, sir. Anyway, uh, uh, I want you to read. <laughs> I want you to read. I want you to understand for yourself, right? So I... I chose a word in my last sermon, and I said, I want to be rich. And I had a question. And any time there's one person that asks me, I know there's a hundred who want to ask, right? So ask me, so what does that mean, Pastor? What does that mean? Because we, we've heard all this stuff about money and people who want to be rich, there's something evil about them. Or that money is, money is the root of all evil. Or uh, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't desire money. And it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom. It's... it's Bible says, person said to me, the Bible says that it's, it, it's, it's, it's easier to come through an eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to be in the kingdom of God. And so um, there's a lot of uh, teaching out there. And let me just say it this way. When I stand up here, I don't say that everybody's wrong because they're doing what they're supposed to do. Everybody else is teaching what they're supposed to teach. Everybody else is saying what they believe they're supposed to be saying. I'm just saying this. Am I making sense? I'm just saying this because it is how I understand and take the kingdom message at its face. Right? So my title today is, are y'all ready? Okay, keep breathing now. Don't stop breathing on me. My title today is Rich Redefined. Rich redefined. I want to redefine it in your mind, in your heart, and in your spirit. The way the kingdom looks at it. It may not be the way Christians look at it. It may not be the way you have heard. And that's why I'm going to give you a lot of examples. Don't fuss with me. It ain't my book. <laughs> it's not my book. It's not my principle. It is what the book says. And once you're able to open your mind and wrestle with this a little bit, if it takes wrestling, then you'll begin to walk into a whole new period in your life. Right? So let's start with Abraham. Let's start with Abraham because he's the father of this concept. He really had to show us in the beginning what this could be like. What this could be like, right? So Here's the story I was telling you about, but I want to read it so we, all, we get it all. Here it goes. He's the father of the concept. This is Genesis 14, 17. And it says, and the king of Sodom, Sodom went out to meet him. This is after the war of the five kings. Abraham went to do battle, and now he has won this battle. Abraham and 318 guys in his own house went to fight against five kings. So listen to what happens. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shevev. This is the king's valley. After his return from the defeat of, what's his name? Shardalamar. And the kings were with him. Watch this now. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he said to the priest, well, the priest God of the Most High, and he blessed him. 
So this Melchizedek, who is pre-incarnate Jesus by Hebrews 7, a little bit of Bible study, he is pre-incarnate Jesus, meets him, gives him bread and wine. That's communion. That's covenant. When we do communion, we do bread and wine. Okay? So he did bread and wine from him, and that's what he gave to Abram. But he was the priest of the Most High, and he blessed him and said, so he didn't just give him bread and wine. He blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God who, listen now, blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Read the next phrase. And he, Abraham, gave him a tenth. This is 400 years before what people call the law. So when you're on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and, and people who are uneducated say that the tithe is a law, they don't understand that it's the law in Deuteronomy, the law, all those laws were written 400 years later. What Abram is doing is showing us the pattern. It's not something you have to do, but later on you're going to find out why it's important to consider this. Right? Okay, so now he gave him a tenth. What did he give him? Of what? All. So he gives to pre-incarnate Jesus, he gives him a tenth of all. Now watch this now. Now listen to what the king of Sodom is getting ready to say to Abraham. Now the king of Sodom said to Abraham, give me the persons, he's won this battle, and take the goods for yourself. Give me the people you came to rescue, but all the gold, everything you took, everything you brought back to us, keep it for yourself. You earned it. You went to battle. You went to war. It's yours. You still with me, aren't you? I can tell you're listening. Wow, I better know what I'm talking about. Okay, <laughs> so, so listen to what he said. Abr Abram says, Abram says, but Abram said to the king of Sodom, what did he say? I have raised my hand to the Lord God. I've surrendered to a system already. I already gave my tithe. I'm in a system. I'm in a system of wealth. I've surrendered. He says, I've lifted my hands to the Lord Most High. Now watch what he said. Y'all need to read this for yourself. What does he say next? He's the possessor of heaven and earth. Now listen to what he says in 23. That I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that's yours. Read with me out loud. Lest I made Abraham rich. Abraham says, I've lifted my hands to a system already. I'm going to be rich, but I can't let you be the one to say you did it. And, and, and let, me just say that, let me just say this before I say something else. Rich in this particular verse, in the Hebrew, rich in this particular verse means wealth measured in money, land, livestock, and I forgot to add one, health. Health. You need, a, you need, you, you need every penny you need, and you need the time to use it. <laughs> so you need to stay alive. Y'all still with me? Now, here's what Abraham was saying in this ne next point, because I got to move on. Abraham is saying, you are indebted to whoever makes you rich. Whoever brings you to the party, you need to dance with them. Whoever brings you into wealth, they have the right to come back to you and ask for some of it. So he said to the king of Sodom, I can't let you say you made me rich. I can't take your stuff. Because I know that once you make me rich, once you're able to say you did it, you have the right to come back to me. So Abraham said, no, I won't take anything from you. Y'all still here? Now I want you to go to 2 Corinthians. We're okay? 
Go to 2 Corinthians 8 and 8. You can put there now. What we're going to talk about is the grace to be rich. I'm giving you the definition. Y'all still with me? Hang on in there now. If, if we have any issues with money, we're going to clear those up right now. Right? So rich in the last verse meant wealth measured by money, land, livestock, and health. 2 Corinthians 8, 8 and 9 says, I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love. By the diligence of others, it's by the diligence of others I'm checking you, right? By the diligence of others, why? For you know the grace, you can underline that in any way, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, that though Jesus was rich, what did he do? He became poor. Why? No. Some people are like, mm-mm, that ain't in the Bible. That is not Bible at all. <laughs> the worried of God doesn't say that. <laughs> the worried. So let's read it again. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, read it out loud. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became that you through his poverty. He didn't just die to get you to heaven. He did not. That's just scripture. That's just the Bible. It's in all your translations. It's in all of our translations. Y'all still breathing? So what does rich mean in this particular verse? It means, I love this one, to be fully sourced, filled by having God's muchness. <laughs> I know it's not English, but uh, it doesn't make sense. But in this verse, it said Jesus died so you could be filled, totally resourced, not sourced. Totally resource. Totally resource. Ask your neighbor what you're worried about for real. Totally research sourced. Why? By having God's muchness. In this definition, it's literally saying it's his abundance that comes from receiving his provisions through faith. So anything God has called me to do, I was born rich. I was sent here with an assignment fulfilled. And anything I'm supposed to do, any place, anything I'm supposed to do, any place I'm supposed to visit, anything I'm supposed to have already exists. I came here funded. He never would have sent me here. Let me back up. You are fully funded. Completely. Well, I don't see it, Pastor, because ignorance not only keeps you blind, it keeps you broke. Everything you're supposed to have, every place you're supposed to visit is already paid for. Everything you're supposed to experience, and according to Scripture, that's for 10 generations. If a generation is 40 years, how long is 10 of them? 400 years, you and your great-great-great-grandchildren are already, because you, especially man, especially you, and woman, any child you've ever had, you have a promise of covenant. And everything your family is supposed to experience has already been funded but it comes through what you believe and how you use your faith. Our job here is to make sure you learn how to use your faith. That one was good to me. So here's the definition of rich, because I, I think we need to get this one taken care of. Here's the definition of rich. 
R-I-C-H. It really means what God wants you to have, he wants you to be able to respond if called to help. Now, the, the, the real teachers, the people who know how to do this kind of stuff, Josh and the team, teaching team, they'll blow this one up for y'all and have it make sense. I'm just going to throw it out. Here's what God wants for your life, and you're already funded for this. He wants you to be on earth, walking around as just a human being, never thinking, worried about money or health or your family. And he wants you to walk through life looking at stuff you don't like. And when you see or stuff you like. And when you see it, you have an ability to respond to it. You have the ability to say, oh, you know, this needs to be done. And you don't have to call nobody. Are there any Christians in here who are tired of fasting and praying because there's something you want to do and you don't have the money to do it? We need to change our prayer life. The goal is for you, for God to tell you something, show you something, and you have this ability to respond if you're called on to help. So let me give you some examples. Can we go to the Bible? So now, here are the definitions. Now, rich is an amount of wealth that gives you the ability to respond to a need if called upon. That's what rich is. Rich is not a billion dollars. For some people in the room, it might be. For some people, rich is $1,000. For some people, rich is 10000 Whatever your assignment is, okay, you, you need to look at your assignment and then you start to know how much money you need. Because he's funded your assignment. Your assignment is fully funded. If you sit next to somebody you love, take their hand and squeeze it real hard. Get their attention and say, whatever we're supposed to do is already paid for. But when I see myself small, when I listen to some of the idiotic, when I listen to some of the uninformed information, It puts me in this place where now I'm relegated to a beggar or I'm relegated to a worker. You don't have to work for God for this. I know, hang in there. Let me give you four cases. Y'all all right? I want to show because you're like, hmm. You're almost there, Pastor. <laughs> You're almost there. Okay, let's talk about the stop in your tracks, Rich. Pastor Josh asked last week, can God bother you? Can he interrupt you? Can he come into your life and ask you to do something? Will you have the time for it? Will you have the ability to respond to it? That's what God wants. You know this story about the Good Samaritan. Uh, Jesus answered and said to the man, uh, he went down to Jerusalem, to Jericho, and he fell among thieves. The guy's walking on the road. He gets beat up. He gets robbed. He's stripped of his clothes. He's, they wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. I don't know what that means, half dead. But uh, now, by, now by chance, a certain priest came. This is the priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other, he changed, he walked on the other side of the road like people do. <laughs> and when he saw him, you know, he just passed on the other side, verse 32. Likewise, the Levite, when he arrived at the place, he came and looked and passed by on the other side as well. But the Samaritan saw him as he was, he was on his way somewhere else. But when the good Samaritan, when the Samaritan saw him, 
He came where he was. He didn't pass on the other side. He came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Watch this now. So he went to him. Listen to what he did. He bandaged his, bandaged his wounds. He poured oil and wine. Y'all know what that means. And he set him on his car. He says, shoot, I'll call an Uber. Drive this home. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And he poured all the money. He said, okay. He brought him on his donkey, brought him to an inn. Shoot, he brought him down to, you know, he brought him down to embassy suites. And he said, take care of him. Then he went to love thy neighbor and said, give me a nurse for a few days while he's at embassy suites. I want you to take care of him. See about his wounds. Feed him. I'm pay all y'all. Then he gave it all to the innkeeper. And he said to him, listen, I got to keep going on my journey. It's been a couple days. I'll be back through here. You know me. Give him what he needs. And I'll pay you. Now, he had business, but he took a couple of days to take care of this guy. Now he's like, I got to go. But you know me. This is what he had. This is wealth in this moment. Wealth in this moment is that he had time, money, and credit to show compassion. You show up at Embassy Suites and say, you know, I got to go. But I want him to stay here. You say to the nurses, take care of him. I'll pay you when I get back. This is rich in the moment. How much money did he have? We don't know. But in the scripture, he is now what we call, he is able to respond if called on to help. Let me give you another one. This is called crazy rich. Ain't got no sense rich. Mark 14 and 3, y'all still here? And being in Bethany, the house of Simon, y'all know this one already, the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. She broke the flask. What did she do? And she poured it on his head. Lord have mercy. Watch this description. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrance oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii. That's a year's salary, average year's salary, and given to the poor. This was a lot of money, a lot of money. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus, watch Jesus now. Jesus said, would you please leave her? Don't bother her. Don't bother her. Why? Why did he say leave her alone? Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. I've been hanging out with all you 12 guys, and I've been telling you I'm going to be crucified. None of you will own it. Don't None of y'all want me to leave, because since I've been with you, you became rich. And you want to keep me here with you. I told you I'm going to die. This lady was the only one that discerned. And now she has anointed. Uh-uh, not going to tell you. We're going to read it. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to do what? Anoint, to anoint my body for burial. She's not just done something good. She has recognized who I am. She's come to anoint me. That one year of spikenard, that $50,000 average salary in, a, in America, no, 30-something, I don't know what it is. That average salary for people who live in our country, she poured that on his head. That's crazy. That's crazy rich, but this is what she had. She had discernment, reverence, and a love for Jesus. That's how, that's how your giving should be motivated. She had discernment. People without money don't need a discernment. Why would God, okay, why would God frustrate you to do something 
and you're not able to respond. So God just leaves you alone. I'm, t- yeah, listen, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling you, man, God will leave you alone. And he'll go to somebody else who has the ability to respond. I want God to use me. Do you really? Because I'm going to tell you something. Okay, Lord Jesus. Can I go there without y'all being mad at me? God never comes to the person who has nothing or the person who has everything and believes it belongs to them. But once you see yourself as a steward, you can have anything God has. Say this with me. If I don't have anything, why would he ask me for nothing? So my job is to make sure you know that everything you're supposed to do is already funded. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to stop working so hard. We got to stop working so hard. We got to stop working so hard. This is not hard work. We don't know where she got the bottle of spikenard from. To her, it didn't matter. (laughs) He needs to be anointed. So let me walk up in this room with all these guys laying on him. John with his head on his chest. I just love you so much, Jesus. (laughs) All the guys sitting around eating food that they didn't pay for because they're traveling with Jesus. And Jesus, you know, Jesus rolled in thick. I mean, I'm sorry. Jesus has over 70 people with him. So wherever he at, he ain't going to be in no little trailer. No, he going to be in a 10,000 house that he doesn't own on the river with boats and everything. Y'all got to read your Bible right. Do y'all know that they fussed and gambled over the robe that was bloody that was on him? This was Versace. It had no seams. It was not sewed. He will only come to you because he's given you something that he wants to use. And let me tell you the secret. The more you give what he gives you, say it, y'all say it with me. You better hear what he's trying to say. The more you give what he gives you when he comes for it, the more he gives you so he can come for it. Can, can somebody be crazy gift, crazy gift? Can, so, can somebody be at the gas tank and you see them looking under the seat, in the ashtray, looking through? Can, 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 you, can you do that? Can you see that? And in a world where they say, don't bother people, you know, everybody, everybody. You can't talk to them. You can't, can't give them. You can't say nothing to them. But you like, look, look, you know what? Here's 100 bucks. Or let me swipe my card. Fill your tank up. Well, who are you? I just saw something, and I know that I have the ability to respond if I'm called to help. Moving on. Moving on. Two more examples. Say creative rich. (laughs) When something hits your mind and you see it and you might be like, hmm, I don't know how I'm going to do that one. That's a big one. That's a big one. But God, you're telling me, so you must want me to respond to it. If, if, you, if, if, you're, if you're confronting me with this, it means you want me to be a part of an answer. Here's what's happening here. This is Acts 4. You know this one too, but it's, it's creative rich. Now, the multitude of those who believed were of one accord and of one soul. Neither did anyone say, listen, neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common, all things. Watch this now. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And a great grace, say grace, a great grace came upon them all. Grace is the ability to succeed. A grace came on all of them so that they could succeed. 
nor was there anyone among them that lacked. Nobody, nobody in the church lacked. Nobody had debt in the church. Nobody had debt in the church. <laughs> Ooh, yes, I like that. Nobody had debt. Now, nor was there anyone who, who lacked for all who were possessors of land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each as everyone had need. And Joseph, watch this now, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, the Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Here's what you know about him. He saw a need. In it, read it. He saw a need in his community and responded with encouragement. When you're driving home, have you ever drove by something, someone, or some situation, and just in your mind you went, somebody should. <laughs> have you ever dr driven or whatever, and you say to yourself, why is she? Who's helping him? The mayor should do something about that. Why did they kick him out of the house? Why are they disowning their child? I know they're giving them food, but there's no dignity in this. This is how you unlock your money. <laughs> okay. Whenever that stuff come to you, you just say, Lord, do you want me to respond to this? It doesn't matter how much money or time you got. You just ask him. And if he says yes, you know, you're not going to have to work hard to do it. Because your assignment has been paid in full. The Bible says it this way. Who would call an army and send them to battle and not give them bullets? Not provide food for them? No one. God counts the cost because he knew you'd be expensive. He knew that it would cost to fund your life. So quiet up here in AWC. He, he, he knew that you were going to be a dreamer. He knew, he knew, he knew, he knew you were going to marry a cute girl. He knew it. He knew that there could only be one place in the family for a diva. And girl, you weren't the diva. Your husband is. <laughs> He's particular about how he looks. You can walk up out of there with some spandex, tight and everything, and a T-shirt. Mm -mm. He's going to be dressed to the nines. He's going to be shaped up, beard and everything. He's going to have some, on some expensive stuff. Stop telling him. Stop paying that much money for it. Don't limit your, don't, okay. Don't limit your spouse by your financial limitations in your head. <laughs> I'm backing up. What needs do you see in your community? Okay, so, so now eventually, 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 so I can get this one out. Eventually in your relationship, if you're not married, pay attention to this. If you are, sorry. But if you, if you marry someone and they're afraid to take financial risks, if they're afraid to buy at least some things they enjoy, 
then they're going to limit you in you enjoying God. Because you can have a view of God that everything is paid for. And they can have a view of God where he's a tyrant and he's Jehovah stingy. And it's going to cause conflict in your relationships. And it won't last. Because you have two views of God. <laughs> and if you watch and if you watch yourself now, if you if 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 you watch yourself, you need to go to that spouse and say, How do you how can you be just thinking? Thinking about owning that. Thinking about going there on vacation. Thinking about giving that much. And it happens for you. And I'm always saving. And I ain't got nothing. I'm always worrying. And I ain't got nothing. It's because, it's because, it's because, and I'm glad I married a woman. We're, we're like even. <laughs> it happened by accident because we didn't date. I'm like, thank you, cheetahs. <laughs> But now you are in this place where the person who believes God is always funded. And the person that isn't, they don't believe God. They just don't believe God. They believe, they believe that they, they, inside they have this consciousness of not having enough. They have this consciousness of their sin that they already did and got forgiveness for. They still think God holds it against them. They have this consciousness of being like mom and dad. Mom and dad didn't have anything. Grandpa and them didn't have anything. So that's their consciousness. They have a consciousness that money is evil. So they don't want any money. They, they've been taught that if you have money, there's something wrong with you. Something unholy. I was taught that a man that is rich could not serve God. I wasn't taught that in the barber shop. I wasn't taught that on the football field. I wasn't taught that in college track. I was taught that in church. And I'm sitting there, a boy without mom and dad, and in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be rich. And I walked up after the service. And I said, excuse me, pastor. I understand what you were saying today, but God told me I'm going to be rich. So how do I live rich and, and still be saved? He said, I don't know. I don't know anybody that's rich and still saved. I said, I want you to live long enough to see a man who is rich and is still saved, still married to the same woman, still living in the house with his children, giving God anything he asked for. Hallelujah. I didn't mean to go there. I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. But I want to live in that place where I have the ability to respond to God. I, want, I like saying yes to my wife. I like saying yes to my children. I like saying yes to the board. When I'm called on, I like being able to say, yes, I can help you with that. I, can, I don't know how to do it, but I can give you some money. I don't know how to do it, but I can give you some time. I may not know how to do that, but I want to lift it up. Come on, somebody say, I want to respond. I want to be able to say, yes, Lord. Go buy that apartment complex. Why do you want me to buy it, God? Why do you want that one? Because I want a place in the city where people can be treated fairly. Fair prices. Somebody who will fix the leaks. So I want you to own it. I know you're going to be good over it. You want me to open this business. Why do you want me to open it? Because people need to be not just employed. People need to be deployed. I want you to open the business where you make other business people. God, that's going to take two million. What is two million? This is how you got to see God. You, this is how you got to. <laughs> you got to see him now. You got to see him because if you don't see him, you won't see him. If you can't see him, you won't see him. A woman told me once, she says, listen to me. 
She's prophesying to me. And she says, I won't tell you her name. She's prophesying to me. And she says, listen to me, young man. You're going to get to the place in God where you're going to have to spend millions like dry leaves falling from a tree in a 100,000 square foot forest full of trees. Didn't even make sense to me. I'm like, say that again. She said, imagine a forest full of trees. Picking up a dry leaf like it's a million that already fell from the tree. And spending it. Investing it. Once she said that, I'm telling you, I don't do this often. I just fell out. My wife had to get, I fell out. I'm laying in the floor. I'm like, what is that? God doesn't care about the money. Because he doesn't need the money. You need the money. So you can say yes to him. I dare you. I'll give you 30 seconds. If you, if you would just say to God, God, just, I just say yes. I just say yes. What, whatever you're trying to do through me, whatever you're trying to do through me, I say yes. I don't know how. I don't know how to pull it together. I may not be worth it. I may not even understand it. Say it again. God, I just say yes. If you want it on earth, you can give it to me. If you want it to happen here, you can give it to me. Give it to me and my family. We serve you. We love you. We, we, we honor you. We are trustworthy. We love everybody, all people. We don't discriminate. We don't hate. We're not judges. We're kingdom citizens. Anybody you want to help, you can help through me. I dare you to say it. I want to be rich. Shoot, I want to be able to respond. Your grandbabies, I'm going to tell you something about your grandbabies now. You raise some monsters as children. They're full of faith and love God, full of the Holy Ghost. And they believe what you told them. They believe what you told them. You taught them God was good. Taught them God was loving. You taught them God, I'm telling you, you taught your son and daughter. You taught them that God would supply all their need. So your grandchildren are going to be monsters, carnivores. They're going to walk up to you at five and six and say, listen, mom, I saw something over there. I think we should own it. I think we should own the hospital. I think we should own the university. I think we should own it. And you got to say to your grandchildren, you better believe we can. You may not have a dime, but you're raising carnivores. You're raising faith-filled children. That's why we can't back up. We can't give in to what people are telling us. Pastor Martin, you need to stay in your place. You need to stay as senior leader. I says, if I stay here, I can't make room for the other 70 millionaires in the church. I got to raise the level. You got to see me on a bank. You got to see me on a university. So that our children are like, what? What can we do? And I'm telling you, kids, you can do anything. You have no limits. There are no limits. I pray right now. I pray and I loosen this house. I loosen this house. The grace to become, become rich, whatever that number is. Whatever that opportunity is, I pray that God release that in this house. Oh, oh, Lord of mercy. I pray he release that in this house right now. Release the power to become wealthy. The power to be able to respond to God in the midst of everything else that's happening. Okay, I got two more points. Let me finish. Let me give you the secret. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Say the spontaneous rich. One of his disciples, John 6, 8. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him. Y'all know this story. I didn't read it all. There's a lad here who has five barley loaves, two fish. But what are they among many? Jesus has over 5,000 people. It's 5,000 5, men 
women and children there. And they said, we're hungry. Disciples said, send them to go eat. Jesus said, y'all feed them. They said, how are we going to feed them? He said, ask if anybody has food. Little boy said, mama gave me this to eat today. It's five loaves and two fish. It's all I have. Jesus said, that's enough. <laughs> the spontaneous giver, he now gives Jesus, gives Jesus prayed and multiplied. This is what he had. Because your gift is always multiplied when you put it in God's hands. Always. You may see somebody who needs a house. And all you can afford is a bedroom set for them. Give them the bedroom set. Because in the hands of Jesus, that will open a door for someone else. <laughs> who can either buy or build them a house. They may not be able to get financing in the bank, but you can find it. You can, listen to me. Listen to me. You got a two, three million dollar net worth. You are the bank. Oh, okay. When you get to that net worth, you are the bank. You can set up a loan system yourself. Y'all messing with me. You get to a certain level, you ain't got to talk to nobody about nothing. No more. You do what you want for your family, for your children, for the world around you. You get involved in everything you want to be involved in. That's why you're here. Some of you have been dreaming about, you know, when I get such and so, I'm going to go do this for my community. When I get to that level, and God is like, if it's in your head and in your heart, I'm trying to do it with you right now. I'm trying to do, you ain't got, forget it. Forget all of that junk. You got to go to elementary school. Then you got to graduate from high school. Now you need a college degree. And now you need a master's and a doctorate. Then you start working. You will be 35 before you can start working. And God is calling on you now as a child. You don't need an education. You need a relationship. So here's the secret. Here, here's the secret. Let's, let's finish this up. Put the secret up. Let's read it. Watch this now. I know how to be, I know how to be a base. How many of you, nobody can talk to you about being hungry? Nobody, can nobody tell you about being hungry? You've been hungry. You've been in a place where you didn't have anything. Right? Am I talking to anybody? Huh? You ever had lack in your life? We know and we understand that. He said, I know how to be abased. I live humbly. I live humbly. I have this humble thing. I'm telling you, I'm restrained in circumstances. And I know also how to enjoy plenty. And live in abundance. Listen to what he says. I have learned. What has he learned? In, in any and all circumstances, the secret, the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having sufficiency and enough to I have enough to spare. I have enough to be in any situation I need to be in. That's the secret. His secret here, his secret, no, one more then. He says, I have all strength in all things in Christ who has empowered me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him. 
who infuses inner strength into me. So Paul says, I am self. What did he say? Say that about yourself. I am. I'm self-sufficient. Where am I looking outside of me? Me right here. I am self-sufficient. Anything God wants to get done, he can do it through me. I am self-sufficient. Watch this now. Watch this now. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Which means again, anything he wants, have I driven that home? Anything he wants me to do, any place he wants me to go, and anything he wants me to have is paid for. And brother, if you're trying to get there, some of us brothers, we got to do it. We got to find a girl. We got we to marry the right girl. I'm not saying don't get married for love. Yes, get married for love. Agape though. Not that other stuff. Just saying. But you might need to find a girl. Because that's the only way you get favored with God and man. Once you get her, you hold on to her. Even when you think you're tired of her, hold on to her. <laughs> yes. Treat her right and say, baby, I'm having some issues right now, but just let me work through them. Don't go nowhere now. <laughs> Y'all laughing. I've done that a couple times. Girl, stick with me. Let me work through this. Because I want to be able to throw my hat in the room sometime. <laughs> That's my wife. Just go on in there, baby. When she walk in, everybody, hey, how you doing? Once she gets the room warm, step on up in here. <laughs> here it is. Philippians 4.19, read it. And my God will liberally supply. He will fill to the full your every need. But it's not according to your bank account. He is not looking at, no, let's just read it. He will supply all my needs according to what? He's not looking at my account. He's looking at his sufficiency. And if I need it, he gives it to me. I'm driving this home, aren't I? No, I got you on the ropes. Let me knock you out. <laughs> no rope-a-dope. You need to go down. Okay, you are rich according to the assignment. God supplies every assignment. Say it with me. I lack nothing. You don't need a chopper and a 10,000 square foot house on the lake and the corner suite on the Woodman Tower up top if just going to be you and your four in there doing nothing for nobody. That ain't your assignment. You only need a 10,000 square foot house on the lake if you're bringing millionaires and others into that house and training them, teaching them, giving to them. Because that's your assignment. And now you need a chopper or a plane because you got lots of these assignments everywhere else in the world. It's assignment. So some of us don't have money because we're not accepting What are you waiting on to accept your assignment? What do you need? What else do you need God to do for you to just say yes? So, last one. 
2 Corinthians 9, 6. Last one. Let's put it up. Because y'all used to sing a song around here. So go ahead and put that one up. Okay. I'll read it to you. And God is able. Here we go. Yeah, I don't want that one. Sorry. Go down to... Go down to the eighth verse. Eighth verse. Okay. Read it loud. And God is able to make all grace, come on, abound toward you. That you always, come on, have all sufficiency in all things. May have an abundance. Let me get out of the way. Young man trying to read it. Read this, young man. Read this. Read it. Come on, read it. You read it, young man. Sorry, y'all, I wanted him to read it. Something prophetic for you. It's prophetic for you. How many times is the word all mentioned? I'm talking to you. How many times is the word all mentioned? All grace, all sufficiency, all things, every good work. That's the will of God. Anyone else telling you something different from that? They're ignorant in their theology. I want you to have all the ability to succeed so that you always have all sufficiency in all things. You will have what you need when you see something good that needs to be done. My God is able to make. We used to sing this. This is our song when we, used to, when we give. Our God is able to make. All grace abound to me. I switched the scripture. They said, but the scripture says you. Forget that. He's talking about me. If he's saying you, it means me, don't it? My God is able to make all grace. I got musicians up here. They're not playing yet. They're going to play in a minute. Because I want you all to get ready for like a two-minute party. Because the grace of God is on your life right now. And the little business you've been struggling with, now it's time for God to scale it. I'm not talking about double. Scaling is at least three times. We want the hand of God on your family. It's time for some raises. It's time for some people to move up and on. It's time for you to change your tax provider. Go to a tax provider that handles millions. Get some real coaching. Start using your faith. Take risks. Is it risk or is it faith? When it's faith, it's not risky. Play it, Jason. Come on, come on, Chad. Y'all play it for me. Give me a good intro now because we can ready to dance a little bit. You got to get real excited about this verse. I don't want y'all to play like you in a, turn on a something, Kylan. Yeah. I want you to, listen to me. Right there where you are, I want you to get excited about this idea that God can make me 
ready for every opportunity. Say every opportunity. Anything God wants to do. Come on, let's play it. Play it. Come on. Come on, y'all. Go like this. Come on. Need a good choir now.
manage what you have. Manage it in a way that makes sense. Manage it so you can have accountability. Am I making sense? And the last thing is not up there. But here's the last thing. When God comes to you for it, give it to him. Because what that means is he's getting ready to give you something else. You with me? Let's go home. One, two, three, go! Go!